Scotiabank Saddledome, and welcome to a feel-good hour on Flames Talk. It is Thursday, January 25th, 2024, with Wes Gilbertson of Post Media. My name is Pat Steinberg. We're here at the Hot Stove Lounge at the Scotiabank Saddledome, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And almost 20 months to the day since Oliver Shillington played his last NHL game, he will return to an NHL lineup Thursday night against the Columbus Blue Jackets. He is in versus Columbus. Here we are on January 25th, 2024, which is almost exactly 20 months since his last NHL game, game five of the second round series against Edmonton, which was May 26th of 2022. We talked pretty at length about this on two, on, on Wednesday's program. It, it sure did feel like this was moving in the right direction and it kind of moved into coach's decision over the last day or two. And if he's ready, why wait? If he is, if all the check marks on the return to play timeline and if all of the hurdles that he needed to clear along the way have been done successfully why why wait if he's physically good if you think that there is nothing more he can do in practice to get his conditioning his timing and his speed up why wait by the way hi Wes um I did wait to say hello to you hi hey buddy what if he's physically ready and if he's mentally good to go yeah You've got to get him back in eventually. He's got to get back in. So why wait? Now's the time, right? You know, it's another, uh, at least from my vantage point, it's another show of faith and support from the Calgary Flames. And this one coming in a completely different way than the support that they've been showing him for much of the past 20 months as he's taken some time to address some uh, mental health challenges or, or, you know, deal with some things that had happened in, in his past that he needed to address. And it's a show of faith because Oliver Shillington, after a long road back to the National Hockey League, nodded his head and said, I think I'm ready for game action. And they said, perfect, you're going in. Yep. And I love that part about it. I, I think it's a another show of confidence in him I think it's a reward for what has not been the sort of typical effort that we talk about to get back in the lineup you know this hasn't been all on the ice and and in the gym with the support of a lot of people Oliver has done a lot of work to get back to this point and the fact that he became a coach's decision over the past day or two and immediately they said all right number 58 you're in the lineup tonight I, I really like that I, uh, I I definitely there, there was one thing on my mind coming to morning skate on on Thursday morning. I, I drove in and I was I, I was fairly certain because they did a full practice on Wednesday. I was fairly certain it was going to be a um, it was it was going to be an optional. So usually on an optional, there's not much to see. So I just go wait to, until they open up the room. But this time I was like, no, I'm just gonna 
I'm just going to stay up and watch because we didn't know for sure. We had a pretty good idea, and and all of the all of the indications and little birdies whispering. It, it felt like this was a very good chance, but you still want to see. So I I sat stood up there and I went and watched from ice level for a little bit and just watching Oliver and he looked uh, very looked quick looked. Uh, very much on it and looked very relaxed and and like uh, he was ready to return. But again, you can only read so much from body language. So I went back up and and watched and there were four defensemen on the ice. Dennis Gilbert, um, you had Mackenzie Weger, Jordan Osterley, and Oliver Shillington. Weger, first one off, he and Jonathan Huberdeau were the two like big-time vets out there for optional skate. Weger was the first player off the ice. So you're like, well, obviously... And when you're watching a morning skate, you're, you're watching to see who comes off before others. Because what happens if you, uh, if you don't cover practices or haven't played or whatever, this is not me trying to, um, this is not trying to talk down. I'm just explaining kind of the things that we do as, as reporters every day. You, you watch and you see who comes off first, who comes off last. First goalie off the ice at morning skate, always your starter. Well, in this one, there was no um, starting goaltender on the ice. The shooter tutor was in, but Dan Vlad was working out in the visitors net you know markstrom starting okay it, it's amazing by the way that even the shooter tutor gets the proper net in these situations it is it's it's like <laughs> i think i think jacob is very superstitious on these things um and then you had Uyghur come off the ice first but four minutes later oliver shillington and i had my tweet ready to go right oliver shillington comes off they open the door for him and he looks like he's about to step step off the ice and i hit tweet i'm like but he doesn't step off the ice i'm like Wait a second. He's just getting some water. But the door is open, I'm pretty sure. But I'm like, ah, I gave it about five more seconds, went back and deleted. Um, and then about 25 seconds later, he went down the tunnel. Then I tweeted again. Uh, just because I wanted to be sure that I was sure. And as soon as I saw that with, uh, with Gilbert and Osterley still out there, uh, with, with only seven active defensemen on the roster, that was uh, your indication that, that all. And I just had a big smile on my face doing it. You're like, damn right. Good for him. He's back in. Because, look, when you travel the road like he's traveled, when you've been in the dark places he had to be in, um, and, and you get to make your way past it, and, and feel strong enough, not physically, but strong enough um, mentally, emotionally, to be able to jump back into an NHL game. Uh, that, 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 takes a, that takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of courage. That takes a lot of time. And I just think it's so awesome because we've got a pretty good idea of how dark things were for a little while there with Oliver and how dire things were there for a little bit with Oliver. And so to see him back... Good. It's a, that's, that's a big triumph, and, and, and yeah. I'm really happy to see it. I, I can't um, stop sort of replaying in my mind after Monday's practice one comment that Oliver Shillington made, and that was just referring to a practice session, and he said, I didn't know at one point if I, I'd be here, like if I'd, yep. if I'd be that at was, this moment. That was moment. on Monday, yeah. Yeah, and so to hear that, you don't need to know the details, and, and none of us do know all the details of the – sort of things that he's been through. Uh, but to hear that, that that tells you, at least from my standpoint, everything you need to know about the sort of road that Oliver Shillington's traveled to get back now to his first NHL game in 20 months. I mean, I haven't done the math, but we're talking probably 600 days or so. Yeah. You know, the Flames played 82 last year. They played 47 so far. So, you know, that's... 130 hockey games yep. that uh, they've played without him. And the fact that tonight 
whether he's announced in the starting lineup, whether he's, you know, on that sort of third shift as a third pairing guy, I think the saddle-shaped roof might come right off this joint tonight. I I think it's going to be really loud and really proud. I know Oliver has mentioned, whether it was after his first game with the Wranglers or after Monday's practice, what the support of this city and this organization has meant to him. And I think tonight from a a fan base standpoint is going to be the most clear message of it yet. What, um, what's your, what you, what, what's your, I just went and did the calculation. What's the days? Give me the days. What was your guess? I said 600 on, on the prices, right? You'd be close. Yeah. If we're going prices, right rules where you can't go over, uh, 609 days between games for Oliver Schilling. I like to keep the numbers round on my math. It sort of hurt less, it right? sort of keeps me from embarrassing myself. Uh, or one year, seven months, thirty days, nineteen months, and thirty days between games yeah. for Oliver Shillington. Good on him, uh, and and I'm I'm really excited to see. He got a look. Wranglers crowds are smaller smaller than Flames crowds, as you'd expect. But he got a really nice ovation when he played his mm-hmm. first game with the Wranglers. Oh, and he's that, gonna, that was the night that it that was, was also freezing, bitterly cold. Right? I'm not sure that uh, the ovation was what it could have been with the number of people who That's probably wanted to be in the building that night. Um, the the reaction, as you said here, is gonna be is gonna be much larger. And uh, uh, I honestly can't wait. I, I like I haven't been this level of excited about a Thursday night game against an Eastern Conference opponent, Johnny Gaudreau or not, for a long, long time. Like, I I think this is a a pretty cool moment. Oliver, while we haven't talked to him a ton through the process, you know, what he said uh, in an interview this summer in Sweden, what he's told us since he's been back, even what has been relayed in statements from the Flames, like, you hear him say stuff like, oh, I w- I've wanted to get back to being myself again or feeling like myself again or, yep. you know, this feels normal to me. Like, all of this is just, if you haven't been cheering for Oliver Shillington, you haven't been following closely enough. Yep. Um, let's hear from the head coach. Oliver did not speak with us this morning. Flames were playing a little coy this morning, but yeah, it couldn't fool us. Um, but uh, unfoolable, uh, we are. Yeah, it's flames talk. Unfoolable, not unfallible though. We uh, we make lots of mistakes. You just can't fool us. Yeah. Um, here's head coach Ryan Huska though when he spoke about Oliver Shillington on Thursday morning, and let's not forget that this kind of return to play started on December first. Is is really when the the process began because he'd been away from the team since September of 2022 and started to like and, and was it was in Sweden there for the longest time came back to Calgary it looked like it was close then got triggered by fitness testing wasn't ready to go stayed in Calgary while he was trying to work his way back to being ready to to get back with the team and then December 1st skated with uh, some young players a couple injured players at Max Bell that was the first time we'd seen him on the ice in an official Flames capacity. So December 1st to January 25th. From that 
to we're happy to see him back, but no timeline, we're not rushing this, to then a conditioning loan with the Wranglers, back to practice with the Flames, and into game action. That's a pretty rapid progression. Uh, head coach Ryan Husko was, and, and for him to physically be ready to jump back in, pretty rapid progression as well. And uh, Ryan Husko, the head coach, was asked if he was surprised by that progression and, and how quickly this has come around when he spoke with us earlier on Thursday. I don't think he's surprised me. Um, we're more, you know, happy that he's he stuck with it, and he's worked all the way through, and he's put himself in a position where um, he's now an option again for us. So, uh, you know, he's a he's a good young man, and you know, if he gets an opportunity to play sooner than later, it'll be a good thing for him and our team. What can you give your group? Um, I, I think early on it would be, of course, his speed. You know, uh, I think he is a hard guy to play against because he has the ability to get on top of you right away, but he also has the ability to join the rush quickly. Um, whenever he does play, I think uh, the message for him is probably just to keep your game simple and let the game come to you a little bit because there'd be tons of emotions for sure, and he's, he's going to want to do his very best in all situations. So it's just enjoy the moment a little bit and, and don't try to do too much. Just let the game come to you. Right. The fact that he's kind of at this point and, and there, there might be a decision in the next little while, can you just talk to how long the journey's been and, and how awesome this is that it's kind of getting to this point? Well, you know, he's, for us, he's always been here, you know. Um, that's maybe a better question for him. Um, we're more happy and proud of him that, as I mentioned earlier, that he stuck with it. And um, and I think we have some really good people on our team and teammates that made sure that while he was here, he was always included. And, you know, you can look to our Swedish players. Um, they, I think they did a fantastic job of giving him what he needed at certain points of time. Um, so he knew that guys still loved him. They still wanted whatever he needed from them. They were going to provide him. Um, and, and he did the work along the way. Oliver did the work. So... Um, it's just it's a, it's a nice story that he's getting to the point where he's going to be able to return. Ryan, when Oliver plays, what will be the challenge for a guy who hasn't played at this level since May of 2022? That would be it. You know the timing for sure. I mean, I don't worry about his skating. I mean, there's you'll see dips, of course, in his play a little bit once you're getting into third periods at time because now you can battle someone in practice and and be in great cardio shape. But there's a there's a difference when you start playing against. Um, bigger players and guys that are really competing for the puck so it, that part of it's going to take a little bit of time so will the hands of course because um, you've been away from that long so when you're under that different amount of pressure than what we could do in a practice for him um, that'll be a bit of an adjustment for him as well but his skating I don't think you'll see a difference in it. Just his personality in the room how can that have an impact on um, Yeah, and It's like anything you go to work and you have someone that um, he's infectious or, or smiles or you know, good vibes come off of that person. It, it makes you feel better. So, um, you know, it's no different when you see someone walking around the room where he's upbeat, he's got a little bounce in his step. You pick up some of that um, level of energy too. So it, if you don't have that and you have someone that's got his shoulders down all the time, you also can pick up that as well. So the way he's feeling right now is a good thing for our team. 
That's Ryan Huska, the head coach of the Flames, who uh, it's now confirmed, by the way. I know there is a couple of if he gets in and all that. I know even the Flames have admitted that he's going to play. Uh, and and so I'd say that tongue in cheek. There's LTIR things they have to be wary of. They actually right. that they were being there was some paperwork to complete. Yeah, and they were being overcautious. The NHL is very very. Um, trying to think of the right word. They're very strict. They go over things with a fine-tooth comb mm-hmm. when it comes to LTIR. Just They just want to make sure everything is dotted and crossed. Uh, so so in, in that respect, they, they weren't trying to purposely misdirect this as much as they were just trying to make sure all their ducks were in a row when it comes to LTIR. They did this, a similar thing when Dennis Gilbert came back off of IR. There's just very strict rules, so sometimes you like to err on the side of overcaution. So I, we, we only poke fun when it comes to them playing. Coy, but you could tell how, uh, how how much of a smile there was with Ryan Huska, and, and here's uh, I know you haven't had an opportunity to hear this. You were talking with somebody else in the locker room. This was uh, Elias Lindholm. You know, Ryan Huska just talked about all the Swedish players and, and how helpful they were in, in keeping Oliver engaged and keeping him part of it, even when he wasn't fully back with the group. Here's uh, one of those Swedish players. Here's Oliver. Uh, sorry, here's Elias Lindholm on Oliver. Oliver's a great friend, and, and obviously it's it's been a while since I saw him uh, in 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 a game like action. But uh, I mean, it's uh, you know uh, it's excited for for the whole for all team and organization to if he plays to to have him back. And and you know it's been a long road, but uh, we're glad to to see him back out there. How did you guys keep in touch during his absence, or like like did you guys meet up or how did that work for you? Oh, we tried to you know talk to him uh, through the phone. Um, as much as possible. Obviously, you know he's, you know, taking care of his own own things. So sometimes it's been, uh, you know, a little dif- uh, difficult to 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 get a hold of him. But uh, you know, it's it's been it's been a long road, and and we're happy to have him back. Well, I think about practice from the stands. He sure looks like he hasn't lost a step at all. Just what's just what's your view of him out on the ice right now? No, I mean, it's is it's just a great skater. Uh, you know, you're not you're you're not going to lose that that thing. Uh, uh, even if you you miss some time in, in a year or two, but you know he he, he looks the same out there, and you know um, I know he's been battling hard to 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 be where he is today, and and you know uh, been working hard out on the ice and off the ice, so on. So uh, you know, obviously, like I said, it's it's good to have him back, and you know it brings a lot of energy and a lot of positivity to the group. So uh, it's nice to have him back. That's Elias Lindholm, who spoke inside the Flames locker room earlier on Thursday as, uh, hey, Oliver Shillington, one of his buddies, is back. It's been a long, uh, it's been a long road back for him. And then uh, you, uh, you went down the Johnny Gaudreau road earlier uh, when Johnny spoke with us inside the Blue Jackets locker room. Yeah, and at that point it had become sort of more and more clear we were going to see Oliver Shillington, and, and it's kind of a – strange I suppose juxtaposition tonight Johnny Gaudreau I'm sure is going to get booed and yet there's a guy in Johnny who knows this fan base almost as well as anybody and and so I was just curious what he expected to hear in this building with Oliver Shillington back and also as you'll hear me ask I know that Mark Giordano went out of his way when the Toronto Maple Leafs were here last week to mention how excited he was to hear that Oliver was back at that point with the Wranglers and and that he'd been back in Calgary. And so just kind of curious if Johnny had been following along as well. And uh, not surprised, I actually didn't know part of what you'll hear in terms of, uh, I guess, his closeness with Oliver Shillington, but not surprised to hear that 
Um, not only has Johnny been sort of following this comeback, but he's pretty darn excited for his old friend. Here's uh, Johnny Gaudreau inside the Blue Jackets locker room Thursday morning. It's great to see him back out on the ice here. And so I played a few games with the, the AHL team. So it's awesome. You love to see that. Um, you know, when I was here playing with him, we had pregame meal every single day together. So, um, and, uh, you know, it's great to see him back here in Calgary and, and playing and enjoying playing. And, uh, you know, we're super, super happy for him. You, you, you know this fan base as well as anybody. What do you imagine the reaction will be like tonight if, as we kind of expect, he's in the, the lineup? Oh, it's, it's going to be it's going to be so exciting for him. It's going to be a great night. Um, the fans will treat him so so great. Uh, they'll give him a loud roar when he's back here, and they announce his name. And uh, you know, um, it's an exciting time for him, and I'm super happy for him. When he was going through what he was going through, were you trying to keep in tabs with him? What was that like? Um, not not too much. No, I mean, um, you know, sometimes you want let guys kind of do their own thing and and try to uh, get back to where they want to be and um, but you know like I said you know still uh, was super close with him when when I played here and uh, played with him for for a long time here um, so uh, I'm really really happy for him and uh, uh, hopefully he doesn't have too good of a game tonight if he is in the lineup um, but after that he can play as well as he wants there is Johnny Gaudreau who uh, spoke about his former teammate Oliver Shillington. That was pretty neat that uh, he and Oliver always ate pregame meal. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, those are the little things you you kind of aren't aware of as the years go on. But uh, and you could you could feel it, right? You you were standing close to me in that scrum, like you could feel the sincerity. You could tell how genuinely thrilled Johnny Gaudreau was to hear that. Oliver Shillington could potentially and, and now officially be back in the Flames lineup tonight. So now the uh, hockey side of it, because now it's fully appropriate to talk about the hockey side of it. It is, there's no, like, we can talk about it. It's like, hey, good for Oliver, but also good for the Flames. They yeah. just got a top four defenseman back and a guy that is, is going to give them significantly more depth on the back end. On the same day they lose Nick D. Simone on waivers to the New Jersey Devils, which we'll talk about later on the round table. But with Shillington back and, and, and with the roster as is, and we know there's a lot that, that could be uh, changed between now and, and March 8th in about six weeks' time, that's a pretty good top five. I mean, your your top four is solidified with Hannafin and Tanev, Anderson and Weger. Like you know who your top four are right now. But once Shillington's up to NHL speed, once his timing's back, all that type of stuff, which might take a few games here, man, I like that. That's a really really good top five. And and you know, I'm I'm writing back to a texter right now who's like, yeah, I'm so happy for him and and getting past all this. But I wasn't a fan of his as a player before. Like he wasn't very good. I'm like. Do you realize how good he was in 21-22? Like, Wes, that was Calgary's breakout player of that that banner campaign. And he and Chris Tanev, and I know that Tanev elevates everybody. I am very aware of that. But he and Chris Tanev made up one of the best pairings in the NHL that year. If you go take a look at underlyings, if you go take a look at expected goals, you go take a look at some of those things that really underline how effective a pairing can be, that was one of them that year. They were outstanding. Yeah, he uh, he was one of the guys that I guess kind of transformed that 21-22 team into what a great, at least regular season, 
squad they were. He he was one of those guys. His his emergence that fall, and and don't forget, he he was a healthy scratch for a little while to start was it, the season. Okay, they they started that year with a game in. If I want to, I can go. You you continue. I'm going to go well, back. Now I'm I, now I'm uh, second guessing what I'm about to say. Well, you're you're right in. So they start. Yeah, they started that year with a game in Edmonton, then came back and played Anaheim, and I believe he was a healthy scratch in at least one of those games. They went seven defensemen right. in one of those games, right? And then they went six in the second. But then they went out on a five-game road trip, starting in Game Three, and after Shillington was a healthy scratch in Game Two. So okay. Game One they went with seven D because Coleman was out. Remember, Coleman right. missed his Flames debut. Uh, or, or game one as a flame because of the suspension. So Coleman didn't play game one. Shillington played. They went 11-7. and seven. Game two, he was a healthy scratch. Right. They were 0-1-1, losses to Anaheim and Edmonton. Then they go to Detroit, and that's when the pairing with him and Tanev with began. Tanev started. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, that pairing really helped sort of transform that team. And that was, I think, the, the season. Well, I, I shouldn't say I think. I know that that was the season that Oliver Shillington – reached that potential that so many thought he had at the NHL level, like the the tools in terms of the skating, the way he transports the puck, all, all those things. That's something they, they always knew was there. They'd been building his game in terms of trying to take a little bit of the risk out of it in different spots. But that season, Oliver Shillington really hit a new height in terms of what he was as an NHLer. And if he can return to that, then the Calgary Flames have just added a really good player to their active roster. So that year, uh, Shillington and Tanev were the number five pairing in the NHL in terms of minutes played together. Only uh, the there were the two Rangers pairings uh, of Truba and Miller, Fox and Lindgren, the Hannafin-Anderson pairing, and the Carolina duo of Shea and Pes- uh, Pesci that played more than Tanev and Shillington did that year. Uh, they had one of the best... Um, expected goals amongst NHL defense pairs, one of the best possession rates in front in terms of NHL defense pairs. They were on the ice for 57 goals for 35 against, which is a bonkers actual. Is that, is that good? That's pretty good. Okay. And they did it without getting sheltered. Because you're playing with Tanev, mm-hmm. you're not getting you're not getting comfy minutes. You're not starting a lot of your shifts in the offensive end. You're not playing against third and fourth lines like you're getting top lines, top 6 forwards and you're getting a lot of defensive starts which they did that year it was only a it was about an even split whereas the Hannafin Anderson line saw a little bit more ozone time in terms of their their usage so yeah let's let's not forget how how damn good Oliver was and carried it over I thought into the playoffs and was a a really important part of what they did in the postseason too yeah I'd absolutely agree with that and to you know I remember in the lead-up to last season, and obviously this was when Nikita Zadorov was still on the Flames roster, but there was a lot of talk that this might be the the sort of deepest, most well-rounded defense core in the league. And this now, with the return of Oliver Shillington, you know, this blue line just got a whole lot better. And don't get me wrong, there's going to be... There's going to be a lot of rust there tonight. There's going to be rust there Saturday. There's going to be the sort of rust that you would expect from a guy who for any reason hasn't played a ton of high-level hockey in a 20-month span. And and yet, if Oliver Shillington can get close to the player that we saw in 
21-22. This is a, a really important welcome back. And I, I'm going to just probably keep repeating myself, but here's my favorite part. What makes this such a great story doesn't have a damn thing to do with what yeah. number 58 does on the blue line tonight. Yeah, I, I, I wrote in my intro for uh, the pregame show, it's kind of like, Hey, regardless of the result tonight, this is a success because of of what the Flames and, and Shillington have been able to do here. So yeah, I, uh, I, I think it really is. I, I'm sure there's going to be people who have been through mental health challenges of their own, whatever those might look like. I, I hope there's people who might be going through mental health challenges of their own right now who look at Oliver Shillington getting back tonight to what we know he loves to do and think, okay. This guy's been through it. I can get through it, too. Uh, let's read a few texts at 960, 960. And by the way, just one final thin thing. You know, having Oliver back also helps if when one of both of Hannafin and Tanev get moved here. You know, if, if one of them, say, say that it's just Tanev, say they do re-sign Hannafin and Tanev gets moved, well, then all of a sudden you still have a top four that you're really comfortable with because you can move Uyghur back to the right. Remember, that the one of the top two pairs here is two righties on it in, in Uyghur and Anderson. So you've always got that ability with Uyghur's um, versatility to move him back to his strong side where they still feel he's best. And so... Maybe all of a sudden they trade Tanev. You go back to Hannafin Anderson. Now it's Shillington Uyghur as a left-right pairing. Or if they trade Hannafin and keep Tanev, well, you have the, the ability to put him back with Tanev. Or if they trade both, you still have three defensemen that you're really comfortable with who have all played top four minutes in the NHL before. So, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's also from a hockey perspective just gives them – that much more depth yeah and gives you a little bit of time to figure out where the best fit is yeah right that that part helps too and, and you know one of the great things about oliver shillington from a pure hockey perspective being ready to go tonight is you don't worry about what it might look like after the bye to ask him to debut in boston against one of the best yep. teams in the nhl right yep. you can you can control the matchups, obviously, in your own building, you can control the environment a little bit more. And, man, this this guy is going to receive such a warm welcome back tonight that I think it's going to be a real shot in the arm for everybody on yep. the home bench. Uh, okay, text 960-960. Um, this from Tyler who says, uh, the way this season's been going, we the fans will take anything positive right now, and, and I don't honestly think it could possibly get more positive than this comeback story. Let's go Team Shillington. Uh, this reads at 960 960. Uh, Oliver Shillington is such a sight to see skating around. I don't blame you. He is such a smooth skater. It's beautiful. This says, so stoked uh, for Shilly coming back, bought tickets to the game as soon as I heard the news. Big night for Calgary. Big night for mental health. That boy's going to get a warm welcome back tonight from a fan base searching for something to cheer for. Go Flames. Go. Uh, this reads, boys, boys, congrats to Oliver. Wondering if it now gives Conroy more opportunity to look at trading and get, get some, getting something good for other players. Um, potentially. I, I can't, you know, I, you felt a little bad saying, you know, if Shillington returns, maybe that makes it easier to move out player X or player Y before. Yeah, now that he's coming back, I can say, yeah, maybe that does make his job a little bit easier to do that. Well, I, I think as there's been growing optimism in this building over the past 
weeks for sure that Oliver Shillington would at some point be back. That that started to shift those conversations a little bit. Uh, this says, I bought tickets as soon as I heard Oliver was back. Can't wait to cheer him on and boo. Johnny, that comes from uh, Brett. Um, this reads, oh, and this is an important text to uh, wrap it up. Uh, who makes more saves? Brent Cron or the Shooter Tutor? That's a really because we were talking yeah. about the Shooter Tutor earlier. Shooter Tutor was pretty good this morning. There's a couple of snipes that got past it though. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see a lot of emotion out of it, which I think is important as a goaltender. You know, you need to be really even keel. And yeah, good, that. good body language out of the Tutor this morning. Yeah, just like. Ice cold. <laughs> uh, Pat and Wes from the Hot Stove Lounge. We're underway this hour on Flames Talk. Welcome back to Oliver Shillington. And we're coming at you here from the Saddle Dome. We've got Cam and Shan holding down the fort back downtown at the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Do you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings? Visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. They're all things basement Anything and everything Calgary Flames. It's all on Flames Talk. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Time now for our Daily Flames Roundtable. It is a Thursday edition and it's brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Country Hills. Save thousands on the 2023 GLB 250, GLC 300 Coupe, C300 or the GLC 300. Zero down and a 2% loyalty lease rate reduction. It's uh, Pat Steinberg, Wes Gilbertson, and uh, of course the radio voice of the Calgary Flames, Derek Wills, is sitting down with us here uh, in the hot stove lounge at the Scotiabank Saddledome for an in-person uh, edition of the Daily Flames Roundtable. Uh, well, Willsie, I mean, the, the first half of this hour has been spent all on Oliver Shillington, as you'd expect. And, you know, we got into it a little bit uh, just before we we brought and, and, and made the transition to the roundtable. But, man, you take a look at the, the roster as it is now or the roster as it might be after the trade deadline. Just having Oliver Shillington here just gives it a, a completely different element, doesn't it? It sure does, and first and foremost, I'm just excited for Oliver because he's worked really hard to get to this place, and I give a lot of credit to the Flames organization from top to bottom for supporting this guy in every way, shape, and form, and really empowering him to take the time that he needs to get healthy and get back on the ice and, and ramp up to play in an NHL game again. So it's great for him, and I'm excited to see and hear the reaction he gets inside of the Sea of Red tonight, uh, playing in his first NHL game since May of 2022. And, yeah, he does bolster this team's blue line. And I don't have super high expectations tonight or on Saturday because, again, this guy hasn't played since May of 2022. There's going to be some rust there, but he is an elite skater and a guy who, when we chatted with Ryan Huska earlier today, once he ramps up, can potentially help on one or both sides of special teams. And if the Flames keep their top four intact beyond March 8th, then he's a great five. If they don't, he's certainly a guy who has proven in the past that he can play in your top four. So short-term, long-term, this is great for everybody involved. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, you can look further down the road long-term. And I know Oliver Shillington's contract is running out, although I don't anticipate with the commitment and the support he's received from this organization yep. that it will be anything but a re-signing with the Flames scenario. And... This guy, and maybe we wondered, and I know he wondered if we'd be having this conversation, but 
this guy's a big part of what the future is going to look like here at the Saddle Dome. And to have him back in a Flames uniform starting tonight and to see, you know, to be reminded over the next little while of all the skills that they've missed so much without him for the past 609 days. Um, it's just such a, a positive development, a great news story for these Flames. Well, man, and 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 straight up, like hockey wise, the 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 different element that he again takes however long it takes for him to get back up to speed where he is used to and the Flames are used to. But just from a hockey perspective, as the roster sits right now, uh, especially since Nikita Zadorov's been dealt to the Vancouver Canucks. There's been a significant drop-off minutes-wise and just uh, caliber-wise from the top four to the the third pair. And I'm not saying that Oliver instantly turns it into um, the the same level as the top four right now, but you go back to the 21-22 season, the last time Oliver was a regular with the Flames, and that was a year where they really did. They could roll three pairings. They had a, a 1A, a 1B, and a two pairing, it felt like. like the, the difference between the Anderson Hannafin, Shillington Tanev, and Goodbranson Zadorov pair, the, the, the minutes were very close top to bottom. And so that's what the Flames would eventually like to create. And I think at the very least, having Shillington back and Wincy's back up to speed, I think it gives you 5D that you can roll pretty closely in terms of their ice time. I know that, Wilsey, you uh, you, you asked Ryan Huska a little earlier today when we had our chance to speak with him about the potential of him playing special teams, mm-hmm. which which is an interesting thing to watch down the road. And yeah, and and then as we were saying earlier, if Tanev gets moved, while well, all of a sudden you move Uyghur back to the right, and you still have a pretty good top four. If both Tanev and Hannafin get moved, well, you still have a guy that you can move in, and you know that you've got three NHL uh, NHL top four defensemen that have played those minutes before. It just all across the board gives him a, a much different element, and. Let's not forget his ability to transport the puck, to skate it out of pressure. They have not had that type of ability since he's left. Honestly, that's that's the type of uh, that's the type of element he brings with the, his ability to skate. And he has always had that top end talent. I think back to the start of the 2014-2015 season, there were people in hockey circles talking about Oliver Shillington as a potential top five pick in that draft, and. He slid down and, and wound up going 60th overall, and the Flames got him and Rasmus Anderson in the second round that year, and you know, both guys are still with the team, and, and both guys have proven they can play you know, top pairing or, or top four minutes at this level, so that was a really strong second round for the Flames back in 2015, but you know he's a guy who's ha- always had a lot of ability. I do think his game has evolved over the years. Uh, he used to, to be probably a little bit too loose defensively, trying to create things offensively. But between his time in the AHL and the NHL, he's really developed into a guy who can defend with his legs. And and his elite skating allows him to do that. And, you know, once in a while, he is going to take a chance and have to bail himself out with his feet. But I think one of the, the fun things to watch with Oliver over the years was he went from being able to do that at lower levels to having to figure out that he couldn't do that, at least on a consistent basis, at the highest level. So that was all part of the learning curve for Oliver Shillington. But, yeah, I mean, they've leaned so heavily on their top four this season. I haven't looked today, but the last time I checked, uh, the Flames' top two pairings were both top five in shifts per game. 
by defense pairings in the league. So they've leaned heavily on those guys. And in a perfect world, you use one or two fourth-line players. You use one or two third-pairing defensemen on at least one side of special teams to take a little bit of the burden off your top guys so you're not riding them right into the ground and and wearing them out. So I think Oliver Shillington, once he gets his feet under him, once he gets the rust off, can certainly help the Flames, at least on one side of special teams. And I think take a little bit of pressure and and take some some tough minutes away from those top four guys. Yeah, and I think the the last part, you know, the once he gets his feet under him, once he knocks the rust off, if if you're racing to the Saddle Dome tonight to watch, just keep in mind that the, the Flames' message to Oliver Shillington tonight is going to be, Keep it really simple, right? This is not going to look exactly like the guy that you saw in that 21-22 season. You're not going to see that willingness to carry the puck all the way up the ice. You're probably not going to see him jump a ton into the rush tonight. They're going to want him to just play a really simple game as he jumps back into the NHL for the first time in 20 months. But that that part's going to come next. And both guys in the third pairing tonight can really fly. Say what you want about Jordan Osterley. Yeah. They're both great skaters. So that will give that third pairing a, a little bit different look. And it's funny watching the morning skate today, and I think we all showed up at the Saddle Dome hoping but also wondering if Oliver Shillington would indeed make his return to the Flames lineup tonight. So I'm sitting there watching the morning skate beside my broadcast partner, Megan Mickelson, and I'm keeping a close eye on Shillington. And I said to her, you know what? His body language suggests to me that he's – Probably not playing tonight. He looks a little bit too loose for a guy who hasn't played an NHL game in between a year and a half and two years and is about to return to the lineup tonight. And you know, she kind of pushed back a little bit and said, well, it really depends on the player. Some guys would be tighter. Other guys would be looser in this situation. And he looked loose, yeah. which for me was actually awesome to see because it shows me that he's not putting too much pressure on himself in his return to the NHL uh, and in this game against the Blue Jackets tonight. So I'm super excited for Shillington and and for the Flames because they have all, as an organization, worked really hard to get here. Daily Flames Roundtable, Derek Wills, Wes Gilbertson. It's Pat Steinberg with you on this Thursday edition of Flames Talk. Um, And for the first time, we'll uh, talk about something not number 58 related because we do have some news Flames-wise on this Thursday. As uh, we knew Wednesday that Adam Rzichka and Nick DeSimone were on waivers. The the DeSimone decision was obviously to make room to activate Shillington off of long-term injury reserve, which has happened. Um, But both Rzichka and DeSimone claimed on waivers. Uh, Ruzicka claimed by the Arizona Coyotes. DeSimone claimed by the New Jersey Devils, who are just hurting for defensemen right now. Um, I, Wes and I talked about it on, on Wednesday's show, and my guess was neither guy gets claimed. Uh, Wes was like, I think Ruzicka gets claimed. Uh, both get claimed. Did any of us have that on the bingo card? Probably no, not. No, I thought there was a decent chance that Adam Rzitska got claimed, on, as I said, on Wednesday's daily Calgary Flames roundtable. Most teams in this league think they, they can fix guys. You know, they see a guy with the size and the skill of Adam Rzitska, and they think to themselves, say to themselves, we can fix this guy. You know, we can put him in a different spot. We can give him different opportunities. We can uh, flip the switch and... and turn that red light on and keep it on. Well, I wish the Coyotes all the best as they try to do that. But again, when you look at a guy who's got that package that he has, it's tempting. Uh, And 
We'll see if they can fix him. We'll see if a change of scenery helps him find the consistency at this level that he hasn't been able to find as an NHL player. So I I thought there was probably at least a 50-50 chance, if not better than a 50-50 chance, that he would get claimed. I did not think that, and this is no disrespect to Nick DeSimone, I I did not think he would get claimed. He's a 29-year-old defenseman who doesn't have a ton of NHL experience, and I actually like him as a player. I like what he's brought to this Flames team, or what he brought, past tense, to this Flames team, but I guess that just goes to show you how desperate the Devils are for some help on defense. I mean, I would be stunned if that team did not add at least one legitimate NHL defenseman between now and March 8th. And it's too bad for not only the Flames, but for the Wranglers because, you know, he was a good player at this level, but a really good player at that level. And I'm pretty sure that Brad Pascal's gutted that uh, he's lost Nick DeSimone, uh, certainly at the AHL level. But e- even as depth at the NHL level, guys, if you've got an injury or two, and it would probably only take one to bring him back up, then uh, you'd like to have him uh, at your disposal. But you know, I do wish uh, the best to both Adam and to Nick uh, as they you know, go down a new road here. But, uh, again, not surprised to see Adam claimed. Anxious to see how he works out with the Coyotes. And, uh, hey, DeSimone gives the Devils a bit more depth on defense where they're, as you mentioned, hurting right now. I, uh, I said yesterday, I suppose predicted would be a better word, on Flames Talk that Adam Ruzichka would be claimed, which, uh, which is my first probably career prediction that I got right. Anything NHL-related, except maybe that year Connor McDavid won the heart. Um, you can see what makes him such a tantalizing guy for a team that in the Arizona Coyotes loves their kind of reclamation projects, right? It's big, he's strong, skates well, has a great shot, can be a guy who can help on the power play. And so I'm not surprised to see Adam Ruzichka get claimed. And, and quite frankly, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get off to a really good start in the desert. It, it's always been, going back to when he was a fourth-round pick in 2017, it's always been and will always be about consistency with Adam Ruzichka. Yep. If it's... uh waiver you know if it's a stint on the waiver wire that maybe makes that light bulb go off a little bit the Arizona Coyotes could be getting a really effective forward but it has to be something that Adam's able to prolong on a consistent basis and up to this point in his career he hasn't been able to I'm sure some in this building were disappointed to lose him because you never like to lose power forward prospects or whatever you want to call them for free but good luck to Adam he probably is going to benefit from the fresh start. And I don't think in the long-term plan here at the Saddledome there was really a place for him. Yeah. Well, and and I, I got to be honest with you. I, I doubt the Flames are surprised that, that they lost Rizicka. Yeah, uh, I think that they knew that there was a risk that he was going to get claimed as soon as they as soon as they put that um, waiver assignment in on Wednesday. They, they knew that there was a chance he was... I bet they are surprised that both guys got claimed, but I, I'm sure that they are not stunned by Rizicka going elsewhere. And, and just one thing I wanted to add on to what you guys both said there is I don't think this one can get chalked up to poor asset management or or poor player management I I think they bungled Yuso Valimaki in a big way and I know that Yuso is a healthy scratch at at times and and has been a lot in Arizona of late but I still think the Flames kind of messed that one up and and they could have done a whole lot better in in 
kind of developing and and going about that properly, and instead they lost him for nothing. Um, this one, or, or Sam Bennett. I think the Flames deserve some blame for how the Sam Bennett situation went, and inevitably he's now having a, a really good career as a member of the Florida Panthers. This one, guys, I, I don't think that you can – I think Daryl Sutter and Brad Treliving gave Adam Rzichka all the opportunity in the world – and I think Ryan Huska and Craig Conroy in this tenure have given him all the opportunity in the world. Yep. And eventually you just have to say, it's not working. We have got Pelche coming back. We have got Shillington coming off of LTIR. We have got other young players that we want to get into the lineup. Connor Zary and Martin Pospisil have passed him on the depth chart. You know, Klapka we want to give an opportunity to. Schwent we want to give an opportunity to. Maybe it's Rooney. Maybe it's Bishop. Maybe it's somebody else we have. Any- Emilio Pedersen's having a hell of a year in the American League. Like, at-, at some point, it's like he's a restricted free agent. Don't know if we're going to qualify and, and keep him. So let's see if we can give him a fresh start. And if he gets claimed on waivers, we understand the risk. I, this one, I, I don't think criticism of poor asset management is I, – I don't agree with it because I think they give him every opportunity to pop. It just never did anywhere near consistently enough. And it's funny, we have all talked for years about his lack of consistency. And just as we have this conversation, something popped into my mind. Really, he has been consistent. He's been consistently underwhelming, given his size and his skill and his potential, in my opinion. And I do wonder if that potential will go untapped. And I wonder if years down the road he's going to look back at the opportunities that the Flames and Coyotes and maybe other teams gave him that he didn't take advantage of. Um, He's been consistently meh. I mean, the inconsistency for Adam Rzitska was when he had 20 points in the first 25 games last season, don't you think? That, 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 was, that was a departure from what the guy who we've seen for the last four or five years. I mean, it was certainly when you saw the, the closest thing we've seen to a glimpse of him reaching his full potential. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's why, I mean, I, I guarantee the Coyotes watched a lot of that footage in the last 24 hours. Yeah. You know, there, there's a lot of appeal there. And I couldn't agree with you more, Pat, when you talked about Sam Bennett and Yusuf Alamaki. But the difference with those two guys compared to Adam Rzitska, those guys were both first-round picks. Bennett, the highest pick in the history of the franchise. So when you take a guy in the first round, I think there is a bit of pressure to, to get him to the NHL quicker than a guy who was taken in the fourth round. And again, when you pick a guy in the fourth round, I don't think you necessarily expect him to have a long NHL career. I think you hope that he will but you don't expect it because if you did, you'd take him in the first or second or third round and 32 teams wouldn't pass on him in the first three rounds of the NHL draft. So uh, again, I I wish him all the best. Uh, There's a lot there. Uh, We'll see if the Coyotes can squeeze more out of them than the Flames, uh, despite all of the opportunities that they gave him, were able to do. Can I make one more prediction, boys, while I'm hot? Do it. I predict while I'm hot (laughs) that when the New Jersey Devils get healthy on the blue line, if... Nick Simone winds up back on waivers, the Calgary Reef. Flames put in a claim. Yeah. I know that they, they really liked what he brought in a depth role. I know that everyone's looking for right-handed defensemen. I wouldn't be surprised if he's available on the waiver wire again if they try to bring him back. That's your Daily Flames roundtable. Derek Wills, Wes Gilbertson, Pat Steinberg as... 
we wrap things up this hour. Thanks to Shannon Cam back downtown. And, uh, hey, lots this hour on Oliver Shillington, plus a couple of big roster moves. Uh, that wraps us up this hour, and that wraps us up on the Daily Flames Roundtable, which is, as always, brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Country Hills. Mercedes invented airbags and automatic braking systems. It makes sense they came up with the unparalleled EQ lineup. 0% lease rate on select 2023 models. See in-store for more details.